0: Welcome to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we take all of your questions. So go ahead and watch on the Facebook page if you're not already there. Go into the comments section and you can leave all of your questions. Thoughts, comments, questions leading up to a lot of things that could be happening over the course of the next week. We are finally in that period where we have been guessing at things and hypothetical things, and we are finally going to know something, hopefully. But uh, unfortunately, not quite as soon as we right. thought we would. Just when we thought we were so close. Uh, so, in case people haven't heard all the news, uh, what has happened in terms of the timing of everything? Yeah. You know, of the the franchise tag, the CBA voting, and how all these affect each it's other. It's a
1: very fluid situation, and usually this. You, you don't see this very often in the NFL. Generally, you have specific dates and they don't ever change, so you know exactly what your deadlines are going to be. But it's a different landscape right now because deciding upon whether or not to reach agreement on the CBA obviously is the most important thing, and that's going to affect the next decade of this league. So you just kind of have to wait. Uh, they pushed the, the NFL PA, pushed their deadline for players to get their votes in back to Saturday, so subsequently. The NFL pushed the deadline for putting franchise or transition tags to Monday, which makes sense because the the way it was laid out before where you had to get the transition, you had to have those tags in by 4 o'clock on Thursday, but players were still voting till Thursday, didn't really make a lot of sense. It was It was kind of a messed up timeline because... If the new CBA, and I think most people already know this, but if there's a new CBA, it will likely change the rules for this season on how you can use tags. This is sort of an unusual season in that the last year of the CBA, by rule, you can use both the franchise and transition tags in the same year. So there's there's not a lot of teams that would need to do that anyway, but there's a couple that are probably considering it. We could possibly be one of them, and you know maybe Dallas like that. So the timeline's different, but the decisions are still the same. Right. They're trying to give you the chance to make the decisions with all the available information rather which, than guessing.
0: Which is good and helpful. Yeah, it
1: makes sense. It does. It kills
0: but, us because we've been dying to know <laughs> I things. Know. But.
1: And, but there's another deadline coming because the 18th, which is a week from today, mm-hmm. I believe, or is, that yeah. right? mm-hmm. is the start of free agency. So, so you know, we better know by then. We've got
0: to know things by that point. Um, and I saw uh, another piece of news that came out. We had a question already <laughs> about it. Gilbert asked, what does the compensatory pick mean for us?
1: Well, it means we get another pick. <laughs> we got a fourth-round pick, uh, number 139 overall, which is the highest compensatory pick we have gotten since 2003, I believe. That one didn't really work out. We picked – now, while I applaud the Buccaneers any time they pick a player from Northwestern, <laughs> Northwestern center Austin King didn't work. Didn't really work out for us. But a fourth-round pick is pretty valuable. I mm-hmm. mean, what's a recent fourth-round pick? Jordan Whitehead? Quan Alexander, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, starter. So um, it, it can be very valuable not only for the fact that you – might grab another valuable player. But it also, since 2017, you can trade those picks before you were not allowed to. But now it gives Jason Light a little more ammunition for moving up and down around the board if he wants to. But uh, it's good. It's, it's the highest pick we've had in a long time. Generally, when we've gotten them, they've been seventh rounders. And, and no offense to the seventh rounders we've taken, but not many of them really pan out. So this is a much him. more significant one. And the most significant player we've ever taken with a compensatory pick compensatory pick was uh linebacker Al Sherman at Singleton in 1997 he ended up being a starter on the Super Bowl team. Wow. So it can happen. Uh it also finalizes the draft order so we know where all our picks are. Exactly like 117 in the fourth round and so on. So I got a story about that up on Buccaneers here on Buccaneers.com or okay. up on Buccaneers.com if you want to go check it out.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh, I thought this question was funny. David said, how many people do you think will ask about Teddy Bridgewater and Tom Brady today?
1: <laughs> well, at least one. <laughs> at least one already. So yeah,
0: um, basically, why don't we just talk about overall uh, those two guys, what you know, what we've kind of heard and in general, how they might fit yeah. um, within the system or the likelihood. And just, you know, we know that this is, this is yeah. what everyone's talking about, not just for the Buccaneers, <laughs> but around the league, that the quarterback yeah. carousel is the story right now. By the
1: way, I think in previous years when we've been uh, confronted with questions such as this before the start of free agency, we usually declined because mm-hmm. we were afraid that we'd be violating tampering policy as NFL employees. But uh, we have since learned that it's okay for us to do it.
0: Right, yes, Yes. because I think they finally uh, realized we actually have no authority (laughs) We have no say in the matter. (laughs) No power, no influence whatsoever. And I think that it was probably too big of a compliment that they thought that (laughs) us saying something on this show would probably have an effect.
1: So Teddy Bridgewater and Tom Brady, um, I don't think you really look at Tom Brady and go, wow, is he a fit for this offense? You look at him and go, he's maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, still playing at a high level. So um, if that's an option, it's hard to feel bad about that, right? Teddy Bridgewater, obviously... Less of a body of work, but really played well last year for New Orleans. And I know there's a lot of people out there who say Teddy Bridgewater isn't a perfect fit Bruce for Bruce Arians' his offense. And they they apply the same logic to any quarterback, like say a, a quarterback in the draft, like Jacob Eason, who has a big, strong arm. I go, well, there's there's a Bruce Arians quarterback. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater maybe not as powerful of an arm quarterback, so therefore not a fit. But I think that's a little bit overblown. I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater could easily command. Uh, Bruce Arians' offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly what you'd have is an accurate passer and one who's done a real good job throughout his career and last year of um, keeping the interception rate down. And that's okay. obviously would be a big change from what we've been experiencing.
0: Right. Um, and back to the CBA a little bit. Dequan had asked, what are the rules of CBA voting? Is it a majority rule? Yeah,
1: it's just a simple majority of whoever votes. And I know that's a big deal. It's like a microcosm of, you know, the country when we're having these elections. The, the big deal for a lot of people is just trying to urge as many people as possible to actually exercise the right to vote. So I know there's people, there's players in the, like on the executive committee or, or more involved in the union who um, are are really involved in this and know all the ins and outs of the, of the proposal, but what they really want is for as m- many of the players in the rank and file to actually look at it and to vote because not everybody's going to vote, but they like to get as many as possible to do so. Um, and so... Yeah, once they do, it'll be a simple majority of that vote.
0: Yeah, and they have made the rule that guys can't change their vote. I know. I which, saw.
1: which I don't know if I feel good about that yeah, or not.
0: Yeah, I have I have mixed reviews, but I mean I guess if you think about it, you don't get to change your presidential vote. Right. You know, just most times once you vote, you vote. That's just typically how it works. Now yeah. they do it seems like with technology now it wouldn't be that hard. But yeah, I mean, I I get what they said of where if you voted that meant you felt like you had enough information mm-hmm. to to do the vote.
1: Yeah. So procedurally I understand and it's hard to argue with but if you're a person who's rooting for the CBA to pass and you know I don't I'm not picking a side here between owners and players but I want a new CBA in place personally right for Yeah the, whatever the we're, we're not going to say anything
0: about what's in it we have no you know dog in that it's, fight right. but just we want there to be one I, I hope
1: the players get what they want and and the teams get what they want mm-hmm. um you know it's obviously you have to meet in the middle somewhere and the classic line is if neither side is happy then it's probably a good probably deal good, right? but the, the back to the changing of the votes I understand procedurally why they would say no and I get it but I if you're a person rooting for this to pass you pr- kind of probably wish they would because from what, what I understand the thought is that the majority of the players who want to change their votes want to change from a no to a yes because it's more of your rank and file type the ones who are not going to command the biggest salaries and um, maybe some of them were led to believe uh, were convinced by some of the more star power players, the ones with the who are going to get the huge contracts, that this was not a good deal for them. Hmm. And now they're starting to feel with more information, hey, this is a good deal for me. Maybe I should have voted yes.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, Garrett asked, do you see Sue staying? Um, and just in general, as far as the front seven goes, he said we could use that again oh, this yeah. season, number one run defense. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, we want that. I, I know you could. every time they talk about it, Bruce – uh, Arians and Jason Light, which they did most recently at the Combine, there's no hesitation in what they want. They want to bring all of those guys back. And, and Bruce or Jason was asked specifically about the three of Shaq Barrett and Dominic and Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul, and that's why I'm, I'm telling you he was asked that specifically because I don't want to act like I'm ignoring like Carl Nassim or somebody like that. But he was specifically asked, can you keep all three of those? And he said, I hope so, I think so. So they, they want to, and we all want to, because it, it was the thing that worked the best on defense from beginning to end. You know, the right. secondary kind of turned things around. Devin White kind of developed, went through some injuries. But from the beginning of the league, the year to the end, the defensive front was really good. Yeah. And, and uh, Bruce Arians has said, we need to keep that intact. And it won't matter who we have a quarterback if we can't keep that defense together. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Patrick asked, what is the front office looking to handle in free agency and draft positions first? So I guess essentially the top priorities, and is it the same in both or or maybe different? Well,
1: what we were just talking about I think would be their priority priority in free agency. And um, at the combine, again, they were talking about this, and they said, yes, there's some – there's some really good prospects that could be available, some big guys on the interior line and some pass rushers at pick number fourteen. And if you look at mock drafts, you'll see a lot of them give us guys like Kayla Von Chason, an edge rusher, or Javon Kinlaw, uh, you know, an interior lineman who can put on some pressure. And those would be good picks in those areas. But Bruce said, you know, let's or maybe it was Jason Cameron which one those are good prospects, and that, that's an option for us. But let's see what we can get back first, and then see what we have to fill in. So I think free agency, in terms of the defensive front, is the priority. Right. Uh, when it comes to things like uh, maybe need another safety, uh, that might be another thing you address in free agency. Um, when it comes to something like offensive line, that seems like something you would probably do try to do in the draft. Okay. You know, because you already have three really highly paid starters on your offensive line, and it's kind of hard to imagine putting another big contract on a free agent on that unit. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you draft a guy, you get a pretty cost-controlled asset.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, This is an interesting question. We haven't actually had it at. We've we've been asked about Jameis, I thought, every which way possible. (laughs) I think we finally have a new way, so I figured I'd use this one. Carlos said, since Winston has had LASIK, fixed his knee and his thumb, (laughs) would that make you give him more likely to give him another chance? So uh, does that change right. things now that you know that those things have been To fixed? me, no.
1: Um, the the knee and the thumb things were, were those were obviously going to be done. You were and it was it was impressive that he played through those things. Let's let's oh, give credit yeah, for that. Um, yeah,
0: his toughness has never been it's never been, been a question. Yeah. And
1: um, and he still there were too many picks obviously in the last month, but he still also was putting up some big numbers. You know, in terms of yards and touchdowns, and and to do all that with the two injuries. That was impressive. But there was never any doubt that those things were going to be fixed. And they weren't injuries. They weren't re- procedures that were going to be long term deals. Like, it wasn't like a replacement of an ACL. It right. It's just, I think it was a meniscus Yeah, out. maintenance things. Yeah. Um, the LASIK thing, I'm glad for him as a human that he got, right. uh, you know, somebody who's, um, let's see, was near side, right? Right. Can't can't you see have trouble away. seeing yep. far. So we had trouble reading the board, so we'd squint. Um, we knew this already. I mean, Bruce has answered a question about it at his last press conference at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, he has to squint to see the board, but he doesn't have any problem seeing his receivers. So it it, it could possibly help him play quarterback, but I don't think it necessarily will. And I don't think it was holding him back. You see what I'm saying?
0: Right, yeah. So I
1: don't think you took Jameis and you made him a... A much better quarterback by getting LASIK. I think it's good that he got it for him and I'm mm-hmm. glad for him and if he thinks that'll help him play football, he would know better than I. Absolutely. But no, to me, that doesn't really change the price tag.
0: Okay. Uh, and then we were talking about also the new potential rules yeah. being put forward. The, the owners' meetings are in a couple weeks mm-hmm. and that's always something they debate there every year of if they want to implement any of these new rules. So yeah. what are some of the ones that if people haven't heard yet that um, you find interesting or that yeah. could really impact the game?
1: So like in addition to the competition committee being able to come up with ideas to... put out for a vote teams can submit ideas and and teams various teams I think Philadelphia is involved in four of them have put together seven rule proposals that will now be discussed at the league meetings and I think the couple that I find most interesting are one they want to have another another option for onside kicks and this is one that's been discussed before so it's not a new idea but as you know um, onside kick have dropped in percentage of how many are successful. Isn't
0: it only like one percent? I it mean, it's seven point seven. It was seven percent year, yeah.
1: last year, I think. But um, that's because they have the rules where you can only have so many guys on each side of the mm-hmm. kicker, and that's good because it was a it was a, another safety. safety thing. And so, pretty much when you pass safety rules, you don't go backwards. So I don't think they're going to change that. Mm-hmm. So the onside kick is not a high percentage play at all. And I guess teams want to have an option where, hey, it doesn't feel like we're just going through the motions and it's never going to work, right? When you see an onside kick nowadays, you, you don't think it's going to work. Right. right. So I think it was Philadelphia proposed that one that's been bandied about the last couple of years of you after you score, if you want this option for an onside kick, you get the ball at your own 25 facing fourth and 15. And if you can convert that, then you keep it. If right. not, then obviously you're giving them the ball in your territory. So it's kind of the same uh, two possible outcomes. Right. Uh, a little more punitive in this case because you're giving them the ball at your 25 or 30 or something like that. Um, but it's sa- the same idea. You get It's a tough play, but if you get it, you get possession. If not, then you're giving them the ball and, in your own territory. So it's an interesting idea. And then the other one that I thought was significant was a proposal to move overtime back from 10 minutes to 15, Mm -hmm. which I don't think will pass because, again, it's another player safety issue. Right,
0: playing more time. But
1: I, I thought that rule of changing to 10 was dumb. I don't think it's had good consequences, and I wish they would change it back to 15 the 10-minute period, if one team has a relatively lengthy drive but doesn't score or scores a a field goal, you know, then the other team gets a shot. There's often not a whole lot of time left.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: I wish they would change that back, but I doubt it will happen.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, to everyone who submitted questions. We'll be back here next week, hopefully, with some answers. (laughs) And if not, it's at least the beginning of when those answers will be It'll be right in the middle of the legal tampering period. It will be. We'll have heard rumors by then. Yes, we will. All right, well, thanks again, and we'll see you next week.